0: Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. Today on the Ambitious Motherhood podcast, I'm speaking with Anna Franzen. Anna is a heart-centered business coach, lover of green tea, postcard mailer, mama to two, and a radical optimist. She helps creative-driven women grow and streamline their online business and so they can reclaim their schedule, grow a loyal community, and reach more people with their powerful message on their own terms. Y'all, today on the episode, we are going to be talking through how Anna fits in her business into her motherhood journey. She works 20 hours a week, and we're going to be talking about the practical tips on how you can begin to fit your business into your mom life. Because guys, we work for ourselves, right? We have the ability to shift and change our schedule as needed, and that is a huge, huge blessing. So I know you're going to get a lot of takeaways out of today's episode and things that you can apply and try in your own business. Because Here's the deal. There is no one size fits all for any of us. So take some of the things that we talk about today, tweak them in a way that can work for you, and definitely let us know on the back end on Instagram what you've applied, what you've loved, and what's happening from applying these tangible tactics to managing your business in 20 hours or less. Hey, Anna, I am so excited to finally chat with you and get to know you and your business more. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. So why don't you start off by letting everybody know a little bit more about you and your business and how you got started in this whole online journey?
1: Yes. Thank you. So I have been in this journey for about three years now, which is so crazy. I feel like the online space, like in some ways, like things move really fast and in other ways they move really slow. So I got my start, um, as a life coach. That's how I entered into the online space before I knew there was an online space. Um, and I was doing therapy in my day job, and I just had this inkling to kind of do a little more um, outside of the therapy room, and so my husband suggested, well, why don't you do some local workshops, and so I literally like printed flyers, like these little flyers, and I did these local workshops at one of our favorite coffee shops, and I just started exploring what does it look like to collect money out on my own, because I wasn't in private practice. I was working for a university, and so... um, long story short, that was my, a huge lesson in entrepreneurship for me, like really learning how to, does, how do I feel good about charging for what I offer the world? Um, how do I, and then I launched a group, uh, group life coaching program. And so learning how to like launch a program and fill that. And in order to fill it, I did an online challenge. Um, one of my friends was doing Beach Body at the time. And so she was she was like, You should start a Facebook group. And so I was like, I've never, I've never really been in one or heard of one. So, anyway, when I a few months later switched to starting to mentor women in business, um, I feel like my learning curve was a lot quicker because I kind of been through the boot camp already. Um, and I'm really grateful. Like I was sad to quit my therapy job. I was sad to put the brakes on life coaching, but it just felt like, and we'll talk about this more today too. I'm sure like sometimes we have to let go of good things, um, just to focus and see traction in one area. And so that's what I'm doing now is life coaching for heart centered
0: entrepreneurs. And I love it. Yeah. So you've got a huge business component that goes along with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So your background in psychology. um, So when you first off created an offer online or really locally, how did you position that? Because a lot of times with life coaching, maybe you come across this in your coaching as well. It's kind of fluffy. Like we Mm -hmm. have to dial it back into um, what it is we're actually providing the client with so that it's not just like fluffy. I'm going to help you be whatever. Yeah. Like what's the Um, result? What's the result? So how, how did you do that in your first offer?
1: Oh, man. I feel like in some ways, maybe I, I I didn't know this, like I didn't know like results-oriented language, but I think I did kind of do this because the first two workshops I ran, one was called Type A to Type A- minus about perfectionism. Um, and so I probably could have done even better at like making it juicier, but I think I marketed to what I could relate to, which is being perfectionistic and feeling like that was really holding me back more than helping. And then I did another one, um, like on courage and bravery. And so, um,
0: that's what I did the first two one. I love it. So when you did transition into business as yeah. your focus, how did that evolution go? And was it smooth? How did that yes. feel for you as well as for your clients, your audience?
1: Oh my gosh. So I feel like, yes, I was able to bring a lot of my audience with me, which is kind of fun. Um, But I feel like it didn't really feel very good in the moment because as I quit my therapy job, as I kind of quit live coaching, again, it felt like I was letting go of something good. I loved, especially like my supervisor that I was doing the therapy with. and But I was pregnant with my daughter at the time. I left out that important part. Um, And so it just felt like things I was just having to Cut things and make decisions, and it felt like, um, I was. Oh, my coach told me really something good too. She said, Sometimes we have to let, oh, how does she say it? Basically, the premise that like sometimes we have to make not the perfect decision, but the best decision. And so, when I looked at that that way, I was like, Yeah, it does mean first I just quit my therapy job and I was kind of doing the life coaching and business coaching, and then when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was like, Um. We're just kind of all near the same time. But then I decided, okay, I've got to really go full force on one, which am I going to go full force on? And I think my decision there, it was complex, but I think I realized that I liked peer coaching as a therapist. I did more of that pure coaching. One of my main theories was solution focused therapy, which is kind of a coaching theory in therapy. Um, And so I like coaching, but I also like strategy Giving advice and mentoring women. Um, and I felt like in the business coaching, I could lean into that so much more. I do do pure coaching, especially when I'm working on mindset stuff with my business coaching clients. But I would say I really am hands on, strategic, have out the post it notes more so than as a life coach. I leaned pretty um, pure coachish. And so I think that was part of my decision. Um, and I, at the end it was like, I remember making these like pro con lists and it was almost like a tie, but I just had to pick one. And sometimes like, that's what we have to do is we just have to pick. And I think I had to tell myself too, it felt like, Oh, am I leaving as I quit therapy, as I stop life coaching, am I leaving a part of me? Right? Like, am I not fulfilling my, who all of I am? But I think I just had to sink into the truth that like, I'm going to be present and change lives no matter what I do, right? Think about all the jobs I've done. And so I think that gave me the confidence to just pick one and run with it.
0: Yeah. Well, what's beautiful is like, it's a component of you. It's a component of how you serve your clients and, I mean, business coaching, yeah, it's strategy. That's what I love. Post-its, big, big, uh, whatever they call those big papers on the wall. Post-its, I think. Yeah. I mean, all of that stuff, but there is a huge mindset component. There's a huge um, just confidence in those things that just bleed over. There's no way to separate that. Totally. Yeah. So I love that. Okay. So talk to me about the timeline of when you started your business. Where were you in motherhood? Did you have kids yet? Did you have your son? Fill everybody in on, on what's going on there. Yeah. So when I started doing life coaching in person and online,
1: I believe I was not pregnant with my daughter yet. I just had
0: my son. Mm -hmm. So you were a mom. Yes, I was a mom. So you started your business already having the motherhood role in, in your life, Yes, which is cool because you, you got to have the opportunity to structure your business in a way that would fit in with that. Can you fill me in on like what those challenges were when you first started? Man, I
1: feel like even before I did therapy, my, day job, I was working for a university and overseeing the residence life program. And they were, I was really fortunate that I got to like baby wear my son. I've kind of always, even though I've always kind of been a working mom, I've always like really integrated my kids in or like created my work around their schedule and I think part of the reason why I left the corporate world was I was realizing it was going to be harder and harder to do that as they got older whereas entrepreneurship I truly can and we'll maybe we'll get to this too but like even in the past three years I have moved my schedule so much to accommodate for my kids nap schedules changing wanting to put my son in a certain preschool so making sure we move my schedule around that like um I feel like I always have enjoyed working like that's fulfilling to me, but I also have enjoyed making sure that my kids come first. um,
0: If that answers the question. 100%. 100%. That is totally me as well. Um, and, and it's something, even in my planning, it's very rhythmic. Like, at the beginning of the school year, I restructure a lot of things. Anytime my husband's schedule changes, we restructure things. I mean, anytime there's a huge, I mean, summer coming up, we'll be restructuring. <laughs> so
1: I'm like, will it ever end? Like, I think that used to frustrate me, but that now I'm just like, okay, now I have the next four months of childcare mapped out. I'm going to be
0: content and at peace with that. Yeah, I've got my oldest going to kindergarten, which makes me want to cry. But that's you know eight solid hours, and but then you got the other one, and like now these preschools around here only want to go till noon. I'm like, what are y'all doing to me? <laughs> so it's been quite a fun time with that. So tell me about what a typical day in the life looks like for you. Uh, well, I guess typical, that's like the perfect leader. Because there's like, depends on what day of the week it is.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's a perfect lead. And I feel like by the time someone listens to, the inter, to this interview, it might be different again. But <laughs> currently, um, my, I actually have more, which is beautiful, more scheduled childcare than I ever have. Um, because currently we have our nanny come eight to one. And so she basically, like you were talking about the short preschool days, she takes my son to preschool comes back home, does some tidying, feeds my daughter, picks up my son from preschool, feeds them lunch, and then the day is done. Like, And I was just talking with a friend about this. Like, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for moms like how hard it is because I'm like, man, during those five hours, she is like busting her booty, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so we have her five days a week now, so 25 hours. And that's actually more time than I've had. I don't use all of those hours for my business. I probably use about 20 of those hours for my business. Um, but I would, if anyone's like thinking like, Oh, I wish I had that much time, like a work towards that, but also realize you can do it without that much. I feel like in other iterations, we've had three days a week of childcare. Um, when I was doing my therapy job, my husband, we were each working three days a week. Um, so he would work three days, I would work three days. So I just feel like it just looks different in every chapter.
0: Yeah. And you make it work. I mean, anytime I've ever thought my life was busy, something else got added on and I would all of a sudden become more productive. I'm like, why am I so good at getting stuff done when we're moving, buying a house? um, This is happening. This job is happening. This client, all these things. It's just crazy. (laughs) Yes, totally. So, but one of the things I love in terms of productivity is that I heard that the task fits into the time you give it. So if we, a lot, if we say we've got to have 40 hours a week to have a successful business as a mom. Okay. Yeah. But like, if we, you know, say, Hey, I've got 15 hours or this, this season when my kid is napping three times a day, hallelujah, I've got a little bit more maybe, or I've got two kids, whatever that looks like. And just, you know, fitting your business into that time and just being very diligent that when you're working, your head's down and you're working. So how have you, tell me about the boundaries that you've had to put in place. Oh my gosh. Well, I I don't know Have I put in, I think more was what you
1: were saying, which is like sometimes just naturally, like I think back to when I was doing- my therapy day job, right. For about 28 hours a week. Um, I would literally go to the office early. I would get there at 5am so I could do three hours of my coaching clients and selling and stuff before. Um, and literally in, I was probably only doing my business like 12 hours a week, maybe a little more if you count like nights and stuff, yeah. but I was able to really, charge into business coaching. I was able to sell out my one-on-one practice because I was pregnant. I was able to sell it out for when I returned. And so it was the fall, but I sold out my coaching spaces for February and I created six months of content for while I was gone. And I did that basically in like 12 hours a week. And so I think, I think what you're saying is true. It's just, we show up when we, A, believe it's possible and have, have the, time constraints, and just during those hours have to
0: show up. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned booking out, client work, and uh, marketing. So how, how do you balance the client work aspect of things yes. with the marketing and working in your business? Yes.
1: As I do this thing that I teach called like my profitable dream week and I have my clients break down like different elements and two of those are what you spoke about, right? Like how do we fit in serving our current clients? Well, also selling whatever we're selling next. Because a lot of people get stuck in this feast or famine cycle where it's like, okay, I've got clients. I'm really busy, but maybe I'm neglecting my marketing and my visibility. But then I have no more clients and I'm feeling like I have to get frantically visible from this not so good energy. Right. But I'm have a lot of time. And so I feel like it's really getting clear on what your personal marketing visibility sales actions are and making sure they're happening every single week. Um, even when you're busy, right? Really taking that time, I call the momentum marketing actions. And it doesn't mean you have to, it can literally be one hour a week, but getting clear on what your actions are, they're gonna be different than mine, right? And just making sure you're so
0: ruthless about doing them. So give us some examples, because I know the mama's listening and are probably wondering. Yes. Give me some examples of what that is. And then also tell me how you're kind of, you encourage your clients or how you keep yourself accountable to actually working that out. Yes,
1: and so if you have a business similar to mine or if you have like an online service-based business, probably a big part of that is going to be creating content, right? So being visible, posting on social media, going live on Facebook, whatever wherever your people are, staying connected with them, right? Maybe it's writing an email to your list. So doing that content piece, also doing the more active sales tasks. And so making sure you're connecting, following up with potential clients. Um, I think those are the biggest things that fall under marketing. And I actually include current client work under this bucket too, because I feel like the beautiful thing about being a heart-centered entrepreneur and actually doing good work is doing good work is actually a marketing activity, I think, because my clients are like my best salespeople, right? <laughs> someone, they recommend someone or they encourage someone to join my big Facebook group. And that's where my best leads come from because they're people that I enjoy working with.
0: Mm, they just bring in more good people. Yes. So, so like permission to do good at your work. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, um, I think I interrupted you on your typical day. Oh, <laughs> After one o'clock. What happens then? <laughs> Okay. So I'm still figuring
1: that out. I'm still, but the cool thing about the, like my profitable dream week framework too, is I know what my, I do it into three buckets, right? My like life priorities, my momentum marketing actions and my CEO time. Mm-hmm. So my CEO time is more time I'm spending visioning time. I'm learning, um, time I'm working on my finances in my business. Um, more of the like big picture CEO-ish tasks, and then the marketing tasks. And so I would just rearrange them. Currently, I'm working on doing a little bit more blocking. And so I'm spending, for example, like all of Tuesday, focus more on content. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, more on client calls. So I am blocking it up a little more now. But I would say in the past when I didn't have this many weekdays, I, um, it was just more integrated. It was the same tasks, but I didn't have a whole day to work on content. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you said that was life, uh, momentum marketing activities and CEO. So life, that would be like scheduling a doctor's appointment for your daughter. Right. (laughs)
1: Yes, and the reason I include this in here is because I feel like as entrepreneurs we forget, like especially if we've been in business for a while, we start to feel like our business is running us, right? We start to feel like our team is running us instead of remembering, oh, I'm the one that sets my schedule. The reason my client booked that annoying time is because I had that annoying time open on my calendar, right? Okay. And so really looking at like what are my priorities? When do I want to be working? Um, what's important to me? When do I want to stop working? Um, so really scheduling in those chunks first before before you schedule in those two business elements, which is more of like the marketing side and the
0: CEO tasks. I think it's so smart. I mean, if you think about back to corporate days, like I was sitting at my desk doing life things. I mean, it integrates that way. It just happens. Um, So there's, I love that you brought up the fact that, Hey, we work for ourselves. We can set the schedule. So I love that. Now, um, do you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit. Do you have like certain days that you do certain, like a CEO day, definitely on Monday. Like, how does that work?
1: Yes, I try. I'm still, again, like this is only like the second week where I've had And it's more like a little, little
0: bit too. We've got to yes. figure out what works for you. It's going to work differently for me.
1: Totally. But what my aim is, is to do, um, more of like the CEO stuff, Mondays, content, Tuesdays, my client work. I have I enjoy the one-on-one work. So I have like a bigger one-on-one and group like small group coaching load. So I have probably more coaching days than some might have, but I really have two or three days for the coaching. And then I try to really do, um, at the very end of the week I call it follow-up Fridays where I try to do like my connections and follow-ups
0: at the very end of the week I love it very I think we're very similar in that we're very similar I think uh We like structure. We might be typing (laughs) and borderline perfectionistic. Yes.
1: So I am an ENFP, so I'm always a little bit like, let me change it up. Like I've been doing um, spin class at the gym lately, and I am just like, I'm really enjoying this. I wonder how long I'm going to do this before I switch to a different class at the gym, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just the introvert version of you. (laughs) I love it. INFP. That's amazing. Yeah. So in motherhood and business, there's got to be, there just is, whether you see it or not, there is help or around, whether it's in the form of a nanny, in the form of our husbands pulling some weight around the house or outsourcing in different ways. So fill me in on what you've done to outsource things in motherhood and business. Oh,
1: I love this topic so much. <laughs> I love it because I feel like it's not talked about enough, right? Um, I So even early on, I remember when I was, before, even before I was doing therapy, the very first, or I don't even know, at what point this was, but it was a I was really fully doing, maybe I started doing life coaching, but the first thing I ever really hired out was laundry. I had one of the college girls come over and I paid her for like two hours a week to like fold the laundry and put it away. Yeah. And that was What's a game changer.
0: What? What's the going rate for that? <laughs> I,
1: well, this was like probably like four years ago. So I don't remember what I, what I paid her. Um, but it was, I, it was beautiful. And she loved it. You know, she loved coming over and hanging out. And it was such a relief for me because it felt like sometimes I think too, as moms, like the laundry or the dishes that can actually be procrastination tools for us where we're like, Oh, but well, this isn't done. So I can't focus on my business. Right. It's like that mental yeah. stuff that holds us back. And so if you are not outsourcing anything, I would just encourage you to start small because I think, And it helps you process through the mindset stuff, at least for me, of like, am I a bad person for not doing my own laundry? Like, you know, feeling guilty. And so just starting where you're at. And now we don't currently have had a housekeeper in some seasons, but right now our nanny, since our son goes to preschool, does some of that tidying.
0: So we just have her right now. Yeah. Um, I love what you mentioned about just the mindset battle that goes into it. I mean, so for me, I just have strict boundaries around the fact that once I get the girls off to school, I come home, I don't touch the house. I sit my booty down, make some coffee. That's normally my trigger for now it's time to get some deep work done. But I mean, it's just, if I look around and it's messy, there's some days, okay, so some days where it's so bad or it's really not that bad, but for some reason it's weighing on me, I'll, I'll tell Alexa to set a timer for 10 minutes and we'll just clean. You know, put the dishes in the sink. Maybe load the dishes, whatever. Get crap off the floor because that makes it look so much better. Yes, if I have tidy. to. But for the most part, like I'm not do. I'm not even doing laundry when I'm home working because that is a distraction or it doesn't get moved over.
1: (laughs) And what I thought, yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's like figuring out what's most important to you because I realized even more important than like having my house deep cleaned every week, it was the tidying, the dishes and the laundry, like the surface stuff that really felt like was overwhelming me. And so it's like, but maybe not, maybe you really do like your blinds wiped down. Um, and so getting clear on what it is for you and then getting that support.
0: Yeah. What's going to be the most impactful. Yeah. And often it's not something that has a direct monetary correlation here. Like if you hired an OBM, there's a good monetary correlation between outsourcing that and your business growing. But with like house cleaning, it's hard to, I mean, sure you could talk about your hours, but like, you know, it's just a little harder. So um, what would you say to the mom that maybe has a kid that's preschool age, but they're ha- they're struggling to pull the trigger on registering or the guilt that goes along with that?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, I actually just recorded a podcast episode with my friend completely on hiring a nanny. And we talked about this and I just shared, honestly, I had the hardest time putting my son in preschool, even though I knew it was what we needed as a family. I knew it was what he needed. Um, like I cried about it a lot. And I was, felt a lot of guilt because I, my mom was a stay at home mom growing up for those years. And she's been actually very supportive of me in this process. But I had a lot of, even though I was a working mom, I would, in my mind was telling myself that I wasn't. And so it was just coming to terms with the fact that I work, I like work. I can be a good mom in work. Like it was more of a cluster for me, but like in hindsight, and we really struggled with the decision. But in hindsight, like, my, I just went to my son's um, like parent teacher conference a few weeks ago. And like, I just cried afterwards because I'm just seeing like how much he's growing and learning. And it gave my husband and I some space because we're working on some stuff. And um, it just was a good decision. But like, I literally, it did not feel good at the time. I wasn't sure if I was making the right decision. Um, It was very confusing and
0: frustrating. It is is such uh, an emotional decision. Oh my gosh. the, The schooling. I mean, this time last year, I was about ready to homeschool. And like now I'm like, I told my husband, I'm like, don't ever let me go back and think that I'm going to do that. Cause I'm just not cut off. It's great. It's amazing for people that want to do that. But for me, I was like, I don't know why I felt like the need to look into that, but you know, it is such a decision, an emotional thing when you're trying to figure out what the future of your kid's education is.
1: Yes. And I think it's like, it's same thing with any of the decisions I've made. Like it doesn't always feel like the perfect decision, but is it the best decision of all the possibilities? Every single decision is going to have an upside and downside, but is this the best possible decision for my little one and for us?
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's go there. I think a lot of it is money, right? When we're starting our business, thinking about the preschool, I mean, a lot of preschools around here are three or $400 for two or three days a week, a month. So... I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, well, I'm just going to just figure out how to make it work at home. But the way we've always made decisions in our household, maybe you can agree to this or tell me how you do it. But we, we, we decide what is the best option for our kid? What's going to give them the best results, the best opportunities. And then, then let's figure out how to make the money happen. I don't want to make a decision based on the money, you know? Yeah. I love that. I've never thought about it that way, but I love that approach. Yeah. So, I mean, if private school is the right option, how can we make that happen? Just deciding what is going to be the best option for her in this season, for us in this season, and then, and then figuring out how to, to make the rest happen. I love that. So, so what other, your daughter's getting older, how do you see life changing in the coming months and through summer? How are you going to handle those changes?
1: Oh man, they're two and four. It's so crazy. I can't believe how fast they're growing. Um, I, I don't know. It's four months out. I told myself I'm only planning four months at a time. I mean, I kind of have a big picture vision of for 2019,
0: what I'm launching and
1: stuff like that, but otherwise
0: we'll just see. Yes, we will. We'll come find you on Instagram in the summer and ask you. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Well, do you have any last bits of advice in terms of scheduling and just getting business done in those 20 hours a week that you, that you work?
1: Let me think. I think it's just, if it feels messy, if it feels imperfect, if it feels like that's normal. And I think more that like entrepreneurship, I do think the first chunk is the hardest and then there are hard chunks along the way. But I think part of what's made entrepreneurship easy for me is just really embracing the instability (laughs) and really like increasing the trust in myself that I can adapt to every phase in my business. I can make money, I can make an impact in every chapter. And so I think it's just realizing, hearing from like, maybe if you haven't made six figures in your business yet, you're like looking at people who have made six or seven figures and you're like, oh, they have everything figured out. But the truth is, no, we don't. Right. Um, And so I think realizing that and knowing that, yes, it's helpful to hire business coaches and stuff, but ultimately realizing that confidence from within you that you can adapt, you can figure it out, that you've got this is what's going to keep you going.
0: Yep. That's the secret sauce. It is. It's (laughs) the secret sauce that there's no secret sauce, right? You're the secret sauce. (laughs) Love it. So, if you could do motherhood and business all over again, what would you start with? Tell yourself, do differently, that kind of thing.
1: I think it's just that same thing about the working mom piece. Like, I think I would tell myself, um, "It's okay that you love working. It's okay that working makes you fulfilled and a good and coming to your kids as a good mom." Like, um, like it's okay. I've been doing a lot of like processing through a lot of stuff from my past and working with the therapist and doing a lot of like inner child work. And the things that I've been telling myself most in the season are, um, let me think, what are my phrases? Just that, um, like I can trust myself, right. And that the fullness of me is okay. Like I can accept all of me. Um, and so I think just that, like that I like who I am and who I want to be is okay.
0: And is enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So what is the best book you've read? And then what are you looking forward to reading soon?
1: Oh my goodness. I, well, lately I've been reading because of the personal work I've been doing. um, I would say the recent book that's changed my life besides all of Renee Brown's books, because that um, is um, codependent no more. And her meditations version about codependency It is like, it literally is a book that's changed my life. That's personal business wise, I really like, um, the big leap. It's Gay like Hendricks. Um, and what am I reading next? I just finished Michelle Obama's biography. So good. Um, I don't know what I'm reading next. I since I'm an ENFP, I kind of like do multiple at once, but, um, I need to go back and finish braving the wilderness. I never finished that one.
0: So maybe you know, I never started that one, but it is it's on my good. bookshelf. It's really good. Okay. I'll get to it. <laughs> so yeah i'm the same way and i'm an infp and i've got like 10 different books <laughs> just to well, finish understand. them all someday right <laughs> yeah there's like four in my drawer and i'll just pull down at night and be like "Hmm, which one do i want to read steph godin or some kind of change your brain book <laughs> or, yes and then in the morning i've got specific like devotional type books that are you know theology and whatnot but it's just crazy i have different books for different times of the day yes So, yeah, Uh, sounding a little loony as I'm saying that, but that's okay. No, sounds normal to me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, fill everybody in on how we can connect with you and see all the good stuff that you're up to.
1: Yay. You can join me in my big, free, amazing Facebook group. I love hanging out there at heartcentercommunity.com is where you can find it. But you can also learn more about me just on my website at annafranzen.com. With a D. (laughs) Yeah, with a D. -D F-R-A-N-D-S-E-N. I know. It's confusing.
0: I just, I had to say that because every time I've been typing your name, like filling out some papers and stuff on the back end, I keep thinking D, add the D, add the D, so. Instead of a Z or what? Or instead of no D. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the S. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Go find her. (laughs) She's awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. I just love the
1: way that you show up online. Like you're just as authentic. This is like the first time we met face-to-face. And so I just feel like you're just as authentic as I thought you were. And so really grateful
0: for you. Thanks for listening to today's show. If this is the first time you're listening, welcome to the family. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button because you're now a part of the Ambitious Motherhood community. If you enjoyed today's show, screenshot your episode on your phone and post it to your Instagram stories, tag me, and I would love to reshare and get to know more about you and your business.